Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. Thank you to the worship team for that beautiful start to the new year. Our series today is called, uh, beginning today, is called That's It. So you wonder what tone of voice you're supposed to use. There's different tones of voice to say that's it. You can say, that's it. I've had it. I can't take another minute. We're going to fix it. There's, that's it. That's what I was looking for. That's the answer. We had a that's it moment in, as a staff, church staff, in January 2011. We uh, surveyed a congregation about all sorts of things to do with spiritual growth every, every odd-numbered year. And in 2011, we got those back and found that less than half of everyone who came to church regularly was serving in a ministry on any kind of regular basis. Now, churches should have as many people involved in ministry as possible. If not, it's not really a church. It's a stage show. It has some staff that run it, and it has some groupies, you know, a few volunteers that help tow the thing along because they just love it so gosh darn much. But that's not a church. When we had less than half of everyone's server, we're getting into the, a danger zone. This was not your fault. This was very definitely my fault. I had not led our staff well, and together we had not communicated to you the need. We had not shared with you the vision. We had not shared the expectation, what it means to be a church. We had not shared the possibilities of what can happen when we all serve together. So we said in January 2011, that's it. We're doing something different. So we spun our wheels a little bit, ran around the barn a few times, and then our youth director, uh, Jason Leahy, who was the only person who was actually still adding people to his ministry, I think, um, said, look, he came up with ministry tours, which was something he was already doing. He said, you don't have to arm twist people, and you don't have to beg. He said, the ministries that happen here in our church are fun, and they're well run, and they're meaningful. And they do make a difference. And if you just find a way to communicate that to people, then they'll want to be part of it and make their own decision. So we got all over it. Every ministry came up with the ministry tour, a chance to walk around and show people, this is what we do and why. What do you think? And we had uh, different services that ended with ministry tours. We've done it two or three times. Maybe you were here for some of them. So October 2013, two and a half years later, we said, okay, let's survey everyone see what we've accomplished. 77% of everyone who comes to church regularly now serving at least once a month. That's huge. It's three quarters of the church. If you look, I think we have a graph. That's higher than it's ever been in the history of our congregation. Yes, applause. <laughs> For you. For you, that's higher than it's ever been since we've been measuring it. That's it. That's it, everyone. Do you know that one of the reasons to do this is that it makes everyone more likely to show up. Think, take a day like this, for instance. It's snowy. It's been a holiday week. You've been out of town. You're tired. You're not feeling 100%. You caught somebody something. When the alarm goes off on Sunday morning, and the only thing that you have to look forward to is hearing me talk for 25 minutes, <laughs> that is not compelling. All right? You probably are going to stay home. But if it's also the week that you 
serve coffee. It's also the week you greet people at the door. It's the week the kids are counting on you to be there to help them run their game. You'll go ahead and drag in. And then while you're here, you might as well come in and see what the worship's all about. And then you experience that beautiful worship, that time of prayer, the talking part. And then somewhere in there, it makes you more likely to encounter whatever it is God has to do. Because you had a reason to come. It makes you more likely to meet someone else whose life is like yours. You're out in the lobby, you start talking. They share something significant. You didn't know that was going to happen. Makes it more likely for that moment to happen. Makes that moment more likely for you to meet someone that you have something to share with. Have you ever stood out in the lobby and accidentally encouraged someone? You didn't come in the morning planning to do that, but that's what happened. All those moments are more likely to happen when people serve. An opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. That he has shown us God, and he is a God of grace and forgiveness. So when I was sitting at my desk tabulating those surveys and saw that huge number, three-quarters of the church, regularly serving somewhere, I immediately felt a tremendous weight. I was filled with joy, but I also felt there sitting at my desk this huge weight. I felt the weight of all of your eagerness to be part of ministry. And I felt the weight of your sacrifice. And instantly, it's like I could see all 300 and some odd of you rolling out of bed in the morning and dragging in and getting kids arranged. And I could see you leaving early from sports tournaments or coming late or leaving chores and yard work or opening your homes for small groups. I could see all this happening. And I thought, what could we possibly do to honor that? What can we do to make sure that you know the value of what you're doing? Do you know the value of what you do? Do you understand that it's not just a great kindness when you serve? It is a great kindness, but it's not just a great kindness. And it is not an obligation. Do you know that serving is listed among the great spiritual disciplines of the church? Did you know that serving was a necessary step in your spiritual journey that propels you closer to God? A spiritual journey not just for you, but for your children. Do you know that when your toddlers see you busting it to serve somewhere, it tells them, even before they can talk, whatever this is, is, is important. Do you know the value of what you do? So, to shed some of that great weight I felt, is what this morning is all about and to take care of some items that must be taken care of and the first item that must be taken care of is to say thank you thank you thanks to all of you who take a part in ministry today's service is not going to end with serving tours and sign-ups we already have more than three-quarters of the congregation grabbing an oar and rowing this congregation into the mission of God here in 2014 as we start the new year this is a good, good place to be. You are rowing this church against the current of our culture because the current of our culture right now is busyness and selfishness. And you are rowing by serving others generously right against that and into the mission of God. Whatever he has for us, you're part of it and you're there. Now, I don't want to say there aren't still needs in the church. We still have uh, places where we could... Um, use some help. We still have some volunteers pulling double, triple duty. We've got all that going on. So if you're still in that 27% who hasn't found a place yet, 
You, you have a, the blue handout that you got today where you can just write your name and check a couple areas you want to tour. You can go to the kiosk if somehow you don't have that. And it's a ministry tour sign-up. Now, this is not like a timeshare speech. You know, where it's like, oh, it's no pressure. It'll be fun. And you get to go see Cirque du Soleil after. Um, and then when they get you in there, they about grind your arm off with the twisting and the twisting and the room after room of cheaper. Okay, we're not going to do that. You literally, you just come and you walk around with the ministry team leader and they show you what we do and tell you why we do it. It takes like 20, 30 minutes. And then you go home. And then they'll call you later and say, well, what do you think? And you can say either, no, that wasn't for me. I'll try a different one. Or you can say, that's it. Where's the open spots? So find something that captures you. Find something that takes the gifts and talents God has given you for the sake of others. Something that will make you say, that's it. But today is not for recruiting. Today is for saying thank you. Do you know that this spiritual discipline of serving will change you? It will change you. Every time you wake up on a Sunday morning and you're tired, but you come anyway, you serve coffee, you greet people at the door, you help the kids have a great time. Do you know that every time you come home from work and you've had a bad day and you think about canceling your small group, not showing up to your small group, not going to your meeting, respite care, prodeo, whatever ministry it is you do through the week, but you do it anyway. Do you know that you're proclaiming holy truths? You're proclaiming this holy truth. This life is not all about me. Just that will set your soul free in ways you can't predict. Every time you tell yourself, this life is not all about me, you become a different person. When you come to a women's ministry event, men's ministry event, after a rough day, and you serve, you're proclaiming this holy truth. God gave me my life as a gift, and the best thing I can do with that gift today or tonight is to give it away to someone else. Every time you show up, you are proclaiming this holy truth. I am not a customer. I am a servant. I am a servant of the Most High God. Seeing yourself that way changes everything. Do you know that this spiritual discipline changes your family? It changes the lives of others in your community around you. So I've been saving this, some of this. Some of this I've said before, and some of this I've been saving for a morning just like this. These are actual things that people have come up to me and said in the last 12 months. One person said, uh, I came to church at first just because you had coffee and donuts. My family wanted to come. I didn't care, but I thought, well, they have coffee and donuts, easy access. So, and then I heard the good news of Jesus. So thank you to the coffee bar for being there for that person. Someone came up to me and said, I knew something special was going to happen to me here when the greeters looked me in the eye and shook my hand. Because people don't usually look me in the eye. And when they do, they don't usually want to shake my hand. So thank you to the greeters. We've had people say, for the first time, I could actually come to church and worship and hear the message because I have a special needs child. Whenever I've gone to church, they've always said, I cannot leave my kid in the nursery unless I stay with them. For the first time, I can bring my toddler to church, leave them with people who will 
look after him and care for him. And I came in the sanctuary and for the first time in my life heard worship and preaching. I heard about God's love. Thank you to our early childhood for doing that. Heard people say the building was just so different. It was clean. It was bright. I felt invited just by the place. Thank you to our facility prep team who made that happen. Someone said last year after they had accidentally walked, stayed with their kid one day in kid zone, they said, I had no idea that kid zone, in kid zone, the kids actually played, that they did art, that they saw dramas, and through all that, they were learning the Bible up here. I just assumed it was child care. Thank you to our kid zone. One of our youth said this, my parents never had anyone to love them except each other. And so when hard times came to their marriage, they had no one to turn to. But I had grown up in the youth program. I was surrounded by people who loved me. And when that hard time came to our family, I had someone to turn to. Thank you to our youth volunteers. Someone said last year, uh, when I walked into the sanctuary, the stage design drew me instantly into the story. I felt instantly at peace. Thank you to anyone who's ever designed or helped build one of these crazy stage designs. Someone said, I prayed with the prayer team at the back of the sanctuary. I felt the presence of God. Someone else said, I felt peace knowing that the spiritual order prays for us all morning before we even arrive. So thank you to the prayer team and to the spiritual order. Someone said, the music brought me into the presence of God. Thank you to the musicians and the technicians who made that happen. Someone said, my small group got me through the hardest times in my life. Someone else said, the women's ministry is what's giving me strength these days. Someone else said, Mercy Street made my journey have meaning. Thank you to the Mercy Street team and the women's ministry and the men's ministry and all the small group leaders. These folks and their testimonies are all thanking you. They're thanking you for your sacrifice. They're thanking you for taking the talents and gifts God has given you and investing them into something that matters more than any of us even are able to know. Something you did, the Holy Spirit used to cause someone else to say, that's it. That's it. I want to share with you some spiritual truths about the spiritual discipline of serving that we've picked up over the years. Now, in some congregations, and first service did a really good job, so don't be shown up. But in some congregations, when uh, a spiritual truth is said, and, and it's something that has been, uh, you have also learned through time, people will affirm that by saying, amen. So we're not a real amen kind of church, but I want to open the window for that a little bit this morning. If you hear a, if you hear a spiritual truth here that you're like, yeah, I've God showed me that several times in a long, for a long time. A little amen. We'll see what happens. All right, here we go. Spiritual truth one. You often will not know the effect you've had until months or years later. Spiritual truth two. Sometimes you volunteer for something you don't like or you aren't good at. Yeah, a little more over here. That's those folks. Um, yeah, you know... Sometimes you volunteer for something and you find out, I am not good at this or I do not like this. And the worst possible response to that is to just quit showing up. Like, stop coming to church because you're ashamed to say, I hate children. <laughs> so, um, that's the worst possible response. 
you can quit your job here and you can find something else to do. Everyone should serve in an area where they're fruitful and fulfilled, where they know you're making a contribution that matters and the contribution makes you feel fulfilled. The church is not desperate. Another thing about the spiritual journey is sometimes you can only find your spiritual gift by trying several things that aren't. Have you ever done that, anyone? Thomas Edison, you know, I'm going to get the number wrong. Let's say 700. Somebody asked him once, what was it like to fail 700 times to invent the light bulb? And he said, I successfully found 700 ways that light bulbs don't work. (laughs) Sometimes to find your spiritual gift, you try several things, and then you finally get to the one where you say, that's it. Some of you found your spouse through a similar journey of dating many frogs to kiss a prince. All right. Uh, So... um, this is the way it is. Spiritual gifts are no different. You, if, if you're at that point where you're about ready to turn your old, that's it, into that's it, just tell your team leader, I'm ready for something new. And they're ready for that. That's part of the spiritual journey. They will help you navigate through that. Spiritual truth. The day you want to show up the least, but do anyway, you will grow the most. Yeah, same thing in first service. Everybody... It's, it's almost like this. It's like our enemy, Satan, the tempter. He knows the sermon that's about to be preached that week. He knows the small group meeting you're about to have. He knows which kids are going to show up for the respite care. He also knows everything he's drug you through. He knows everything he's tempted you with, all the obstacles he's placed, all the frustrations he's caused, all the doubts he's planted. So it's as if he knows exactly which Sundays, which small group meetings, which serving events to keep you away from. He knows exactly which week to leave you beaten up, tired, discouraged, worn out. Which night to say, it'd probably be better for your soul if you just stayed home tonight. But if you push through that, very often you walk right into the miracle that he was trying to keep from you. Spiritual truth. You never really know who it is you're showing up for. I'm talking about Sunday morning. I'm talking about small groups. I'm talking about all these different serving things through the week. Sometimes you're showing up for you, and you don't know it. It, It's something unexpected. Sometimes you're showing up for someone else. You're going to bring them something that you weren't expecting to bring. So the best thing to do is always to go and see what God has planned. Spiritual truth, you can serve too much. You can turn your that's it into that's it. I tell people from time to time, I have left Lakeland Community Church about a dozen times, but I never stayed gone for more than five, six days, so no one noticed me missing before next Sunday. (laughs) But if you attend worship weekly, and you're on a small group that meets weekly, they don't all do that, but some do. And, and you're on a serving team that has weekly responsibilities. Most of ours don't. But if you're a leader of something that's weekly, or some of you will do two things each twice a month, and now you're weekly. Okay. If you're doing a small group and serving and coming to worship weekly, um, three is about the max. You're about maxed out. You can have a crazy season, like we're gearing up for the big women's retreat or something, and that'll go crazy, but not year-round. If you get over three weeklies, you're going to hurt your prayers. You're going to hurt your body and your mind by lack of rest. 
You're going to hurt your family by neglect. You're going to hurt all those ministries by your own burnout. So if you've got three weekly spiritual commitments, that's, you're, you're good, okay? In the new year, if you need to dial it back, then you need to dial it back. There's only so much one Christian can do. God already sent one man to save the world. He does not require you as a full-time assistant. Now I ask the staff, if you would nominate some folks for volunteer of the year. So you don't know this is about to happen to you. And if, if, but if your name is on the screen and you did not already do this first service, I'd like you to come right up here if you would because someone wants to thank you and we have a little prize for you. So uh, John and Tina Wiley, and Dave Storms, Cheryl and Darren Duncan, Scott and Jenny Boldry. I don't know if any of these folks will be here. It's a snow day. It, it, they volunteer a lot. Do we have any of those folks? Jenny! Represent! Lyle and Nancy were here first service, so they, they but uh, stand up and give everyone a wave, though, Lyle and Nancy. <laughs> well, come on up. Come on up, Jenny. You're going to represent. You're going to represent. I'm going to read about some other people first so that you can stew there for a moment, okay? John and Tina Wiley from facility team have served on facility team cleaning the soccer hall every Sunday morning for the last five years. It's not just cleaning. It's how they serve as a family. The road of life hasn't always been an easy path for John and Tina, and they have learned the importance and the value of having the love of Jesus and the strength of the church in their lives. Let's thank them. Yeah. Dave Storm celebrates his sixth anniversary playing drums for the music team on January 7th. I love that Chris tracks like the day people start, and it gets better. He has played over 150 Sundays, which equates to over 1,000 hours of service, not counting personal preparation time. Dave is a consummate professional, a kind spirit, has a servant's heart, is extremely generous with his time, money, and talent. Our congregation and the body of Christ is a richer community because of Dave's gifts and devotion. <laughs> Cheryl and Darren Duncan from the Coffee Connection. Cheryl is scheduled one weekend per month, but regularly and willingly takes on more weekends. She always has a smile on her face and is kind to everyone she sees. She helps me out with tasks before I even realize they need to be done. I'm very thankful she is on my team. Melissa Mashiafki rec recommends Cheryl and Darren Duncan. <laughs> and Scott and his guys were out shoveling the, the parking lot this morning, I saw. Scott and Jenny Boldry, this is Jenny, are, are, the, are the top tier of serving, says their they're, they're all the ones who nominated them. They lead freshman groups, freshman and high school groups that they have walked with since fifth grade. So they were some fifth grade leaders, and they've stayed with those kids till now they're freshmen in high school. The Boldries make students part of their family. Their home is a popular youth hangout. They organize trips, give scholarships, hire babysitters so they can serve at Fuel where they guide students into deeper community. Their dedication is unmatched. The Boldries make the K-12 through ministry go. So we have a $50 Visa gift card for you and for all those other folks too. Thank you, Jen. 
So the, let's thank these folks and, and all of the over 300 folks who serve in our, in our church community. Now, let's remember why we do all this stuff. Why are we doing all this? Because everyone in this room has a brother or a sister-in-law or some family member who needs the love of Jesus. And every one of us has a coworker or a boss who is struggling because their life is far from God. Every one of us has a neighbor who cannot find peace. We all have a good friend who is loved so much that they are so lost in this world. And we've all had those conversations when they ask us, where do you find your peace? And we said, my peace comes from God. Let me tell you what Jesus Christ has done for me. And we've said, come to church with me. I'll sit with you. You won't have to be alone. We have great stuff for your kids. Our church has great music. Our church is real normal most of the time, except when that one guy preaches. I'll let you pick which is the one guy for you, the one who does Lord of the Rings stuff or the one who does Star Trek stuff. So. And then after months of having that conversation, one day they're going to come. They're going to walk through those doors. And when they do, we all want our friend greeted warmly and we want the instruments played better than they've ever been played before. And we want the right words on the screen because they don't know those songs. And we want their toddler welcomed with a huge smile. And we want a great game organized for their middle school kids. And we want a hot cup of coffee ready. And we want those toilets gleaming white for their arrival and the wall, holes in the wall made by the baseballs to be patched and painted. And we want a message of hope from the scriptures preached. And we want a small group leader with an open chair for them. And we want a testimony from Mercy Street of someone who's been healed from a hurt, a habit, a hang-up. We want someone praying for them in the prayer circle the whole time because that's our friend. And we love them. And God loves them. And we want them to know that more than anything. And then, so you come and you serve everyone else's neighbor. We'll all come, we'll serve your neighbor, and everyone who wants can find a home here. Don't ever think that the slightest thing you do on Sunday morning, through the week, for God, anywhere, any place, doesn't send ripples into eternity. Don't think that the smallest thing you do doesn't send seismic waves into eternity. Jesus said, if you just give a cup of water to someone who's thirsty... If you just welcome a stranger, you are welcoming Christ himself and that deed will be remembered at his return. So thank you for all you have done and all you will do as we see what God has in store for us together. So the worship team will come up and you're going to get a triple blessing this morning. One for you and two to take out for someone else. So, may the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storms. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift his countenance up upon you and give you peace now and forever.